Hey guys, today we're going to figure out what a blockchain is. Hi guys and welcome to the show. Like I said in the intro, we're going to talk about blockchain today. And I'm not really sure what that is, but we're all going to find out together. So, I'd like to introduce my guest, Rozzy Reyes. Rozzy, how's it going? Uh, been fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, man. So, can you tell me what your job title at Microsoft is? Yeah, so I'm a senior consultant with uh, Modern Apps Domain. Um, I mainly focus in, on some of the cutting-edge technologies like blockchain. Uh, so, more than happy to be here to talk about it. Awesome. Can you give us a little background? Uh, just, you know, a brief description of exactly what blockchain is? Yeah, so the blockchain is essentially, if you define it, is a distributed ledger uh, with identical copies maintained on different computer systems. So you can think about it as a decentralized uh, database. That's what it is. So um, really easier way to understand it is that, uh, that when you have a regular database, you basically have transactions going into a server and then you have a database residing somewhere that owned by a, a specific authority. Um, in the blockchain, the concept here is that, that rather than having a single ownership, you basically have a peer-to-peer -peer network and you have transactions not only go to a single server, uh, they basically go and shared across the network and they are basically verified by the nodes on the network and then they get committed to, uh, to that basically shared distributed ledger. Now the term distributed ledger itself sometimes can be a little tricky to understand. Um, you can think about it as a simple database where there are entries for the transactions like to, from, and some miscellaneous content going into it. So I'm just curious how that's different from, you know, a standard distributed database. Yeah, that's a great question. So basically the blockchain, the concept here is that, that uh, it's decentralized. So uh, especially the public blockchains. Um, and that means that there's no single authority that will uh, determine like what can be written or not. There uh, is a P2P network, is a peer-to-peer -peer network. So basically, uh, there should be a consensus among the nodes to come together and say, well, this one is particularly a transaction, a valid transaction, and we will be making it part of uh, the, uh, the blockchain. And if you look at it, the, uh, the way the blockchains are implemented, uh, crypto uh, cryptographically, they are, they are secure in a way that you just cannot go back and uh, do any editing or updates. Once you write it on the blockchain, uh, it becomes a permanent record. And there's the, there's the value offering because when you have a centralized database, then there are concerns that there is a ownership associated with that and maybe that party can update the records. So there is that higher degree of assurance that you need. Now if you look at the use cases and the use cases of the blockchains have been evolved in the last couple of years, um, Initially, I think one of the first large-scale implementation of the blockchain was a cryptocurrency. Um, actually, is is still uh, largest cryptocurrency is Bitcoin, and the Bitcoin is a uh, a blockchain where you can actually go and uh, send transactions and exchange bitcoins. Uh, and 
the idea of the Bitcoin was that that there's no single authority, there is no centralized bank that basically governs that. Uh, it's a self-governing in a sense that there are nodes across the world. They are decentralized. Um, they can basically uh, decide the rules in a certain way, and the entire network will be um, abide by that. Now, that was like considered a sort of like a first incarnation of the blockchain. Um, it evolved in the in the last couple of years, and uh, this is where the Microsoft. Um, has basically have a lot of offerings nowadays where we are trying to figure out that where we can actually get in and help customers the best way. So if I just take a step back a little bit, in uh, late 2015, we uh, we launched a blockchain as a service. And that basically target uh, the, uh, the, the developers and testers in the enterprise sector or otherwise. And if you wanted to play with the blockchain technology and if you don't have um, you know, much prior knowledge to it, then you can actually go ahead and create a quick VM and you can actually start working with a particular blockchain. Um, so um, maybe I can share my screen and we can just take a look at some of the demos. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so um, this is the uh, landing page for blockchain as a service. Um, this is one of the offerings on the blockchain that engineering um, a team uh, provides. And um, just to give you an idea a little bit, um, the blockchain market is evolving very quickly. So Microsoft also evolving with that. So we have this um, blockchain as a service offering released in late 2015. And the idea here is that, that it will get you, uh, it will give you a, um, a dev test lab um, environment where you can quickly uh, set up a blockchain environment without you being downloading, installing, and doing all that. Especially as a developer, you just wanted to ease out that pain a little bit, right? Yeah. So, um, so uh, right now I'm in the Azure portal, and um, I will give you a quick walkthrough, like how we can actually create um, one of these, um, one of the uh, one of the instances of that. So the first thing you can do is that you can go into the. Let me just explore a little bit. You go into the DevTest Labs and then you hit Add and you can actually uh, give it a name here. So we'll say Blockchain and so it will go ahead and create that um, and after that you basically, so I have one created because um, I don't want to wait during the demo. But uh, once you actually have this created, you can go in and you can add um, the VMs to it. So the way we are actually giving you access to some of these um, blockchain um, solutions is that that you basically, um, we have a marketplace and this is the um, Azure marketplace. And we have uh, partners that basically uh, place their solutions on the marketplace that you can actually go ahead and choose from. So you can notice that there are a lot of um, this is an ever-growing list here right now. Uh, we will choose one of the um, one of the blockchain technologies in the demo, but um, probably by the time you're watching this, this list will grow. So if you go back over here, uh, we will uh, select the type of VM. And now this is uh, mostly documented um, on our website. So this is a Git um, location where the blockchain as a service artifacts are. Um, and you can notice that this is the 
uh, this is a tutorial where it's basically talking about how to go ahead and create a uh, blockchain as a service. Uh, we am with the one of the blockchains known as Ethereum um, set up on it. Now, just to be clear, uh, when we talk about the blockchain, there is a concept of a public blockchain, which we were discussing earlier on, where everyone can participate. Uh, there is another concept of a private blockchain where um, there is a there's an authority that will basically govern that. For the testing purposes, we create a private blockchain. It's basically going to be your instance as a developer or a tester, and no one should have access to it. Uh, the reason is that, that you definitely don't want it to um, mess around with uh, the public uh, blockchains because uh, there are ramifications um, when you need to do that. So in this case, um, what we'll do is that if you go back here, we will choose a base operating system. And what I will do is that I will go ahead and choose. Um, so it depends on the technology, the blockchain solution you're setting up, like what type of operating system you will be using. Um, we can actually set up, in this case, um, Ethereum on Ubuntu. So I will go ahead and select that. Uh, let me just find one. Here we go. And you will basically give it a name here. I will say Ethereum. By the way, if you're watching this, this what you're looking at is actually the Azure portal. Yes, that's correct. So um, we give it a strong password over here and make sure you remember this because um, if you lose that, you won't be able to access the, uh, the blockchain network. Now, the thing here that um, I need to highlight is that, that the artifacts that we are seeing on the screen right now, these are all the blockchain solutions available for you to select from. Now, it's a huge list here, and this is something that can be a little overwhelming at times. Um, and how you determine which one you wanted to use, that is a broader discussion. And this is depend on like what is your intention of looking into blockchain as technology. So if you are um, part of like a large enterprise, you may be looking into something very specific to your business, like the financial sector have um, a huge investment in the blockchain industry because it makes sense for them to look into scenarios to optimize the cost or radically transform their processes using the blockchain technology. Um, in this particular demo, I will be using um, a blockchain called Ethereum. So we'll select that. Um, but you can basically choose other ones too. We are basically trying to make sure that we um, we provide um, support for all the uh, major blockchains out there and partners are basically adding to this list. So in this case, I will give it a um, username here. This is our admin for the Ethereum node and can click add and we select here. And after this, we'll basically go ahead and create this. Now, um, if I hit create here, it will take another maybe few minutes. So I basically walked through these steps just before um, uh, just before we had this call. So um, I will go ahead and go to my existing blockchain instance here, this one. And you will notice that we have a single node here so think about it like this, like if Lexi you're setting it up right now, you have yeah. a single node for you exclusively. Yeah. No one has access to it and this is your sort of like a private copy and then you can work with it without um, 
without any worries. So how do you go in and start looking into it? So there are different ways to do it. Um, I will show you both like how to do it on like a Linux or on Mac and then on Windows. And then we will basically go ahead and um, do a very basic like a hello world type transaction uh, from, um, from one account to another on the same node and we'll walk through like how that works. So okay. for, you, for you to access this, um, the easiest way would be to basically take the uh, public uh, IP um, or the DNS name and then basically SSH into it. So we basically um, can do that. Uh, so this is the IP address here. So I will just go ahead and, um, and copy this. So this is the terminal. I'm on Mac right now. So um, we will do SSH, the account, and this one. So it will ask my password. And here we go. So now we are into that um, virtual machine running uh, our um, Ethereum blockchain on a single VM. So the first thing you wanted to do is that you wanted to go to a um, what we call like a console where you can start um, connecting uh, to the node and start performing some transactions or do some other operations on it. Uh, so the way you do it is once you launch it, um, you basically attach to one of the get IBC chains. Um, and uh, let me go here. All right, so now we are ready to look into what's happening in our blockchain. So um, the first thing we'll do is that we look into the accounts that been curated for us. So you'll notice that I have few accounts here. Um, and this probably needs some explanation. So these accounts here look little cryptic, isn't it? <laughs> um, you can, so the way the blockchain works is that, that um, rather than using like Lex or Razi's identity directly, um, the accounts are essentially curated as a private and a public key pair. So if you want to get an account, you can create an account, um, you will get a private key and you will have a public key and you basically get an, uh, get an address which is reflective of your public key, the, the last 20 bytes of your uh, public key. So that's where you probably need to look into a little bit because these are sort of like um, not essentially a little bit friendly to uh, read and grasp. So um, now these are the accounts that we have. The other thing that you need to look into is uh, what inside these accounts. So one thing that you can uh, you can start with is um, if you if you're working for the first time is you just basically press enter and then uh, tab and it will give you the list of um, all the methods available. Now because we're using Ethereum, it's implemented in a certain way and the, the, it has a certain uh, methods exposed. Um, if you're working with other blockchains that I will talk about later in the in the talk. Um, you will have different um, set of methods. So it depends like which blockchain and blockchain solution you're working with, uh, they give you a different type of experience. So in this case, Ethereum using a, um, a virtual machine actually written on top of JVM, um, so they implemented it in a certain way. So what we'll do right now is um, we'll go ahead and look into whatever account have right now. So the easiest way to do it is um, take this account and then we say get balance. 
So if I do this, you will notice that there's a big uh, number here. So this is the amount of value I have inside this account. Now, how these values work and what this value represent, um, it's easier to actually look at probably something that is out there uh, live in environment and we can relate to it. So I will go back here and uh, go to this um, website which gives you a, a rates of all the public uh, cryptocurrencies out there. So you can see that there is a Bitcoin and Bitcoin has a price of 792 today. Um, this is the fiat currency representative um, of the value that they have. So one Bitcoin is equal to 792.47 USD. Uh, Ethereum So has, hang on just a second. So right yeah. now that would mean that there are, you know, a little over 12 billion Bitcoins out there. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, so there's the cap as of yeah. today. Um, okay. And if you notice that the Ethereum is uh, next, uh, now, remember, we are using a private node, so we're not connected to the public node, right? And this is right. the reason why I said that you don't want to directly jump into the public one, because imagine that that you buy, let's say, Ethereum from, a, from an exchange, and you basically pay for it in dollars, and you're testing it, and then you basically spend them accidentally. So you don't want to do that. So, so, so it yeah. sounds like when you join Ethereum, what you're essentially doing is pulling down a copy of the schema for that distributed database and then creating a local database that then becomes part of that blockchain? Yes, yeah, so basically what happened is that, that if you wanted to go and join the public Ethereum network, you will basically download their uh, client and then you basically sync uh, with, uh, with the network, meaning like you will download the entire transaction history on your, um, on, on your machine. Yeah. Um, so since it's the entire transaction history, that seems like that could be pretty big. Yes, it is. And as we speak today, I think it's around uh, 10 gigabytes or probably a little more for Ethereum. Um, and the way it works is that, that you may not need the entire history, um, especially if you don't want it to participate in something called mining, which um, essentially means that you're basically taking the transaction and you are validating them. Um, and um, if you participate in that, there's a potential that you can actually make some, you gain some ethers out of that activity. But if you don't want to do that, then there's another concept called a digital uh, wallet. So it's basically a similar concept of a regular wallet that rather than having all the transactions, you're basically going to connect to another node which have the full history that you, and that node you have to trust, and you will basically connect to that node called the transaction node and you perform the transaction through that. So you basically just have the accounts in your wallet and it will give you sort of like a representation like how much ether you have um, and then if you wanted to actually make uh, a transaction you will create a transaction through a wallet but it will happen through the transaction node. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so let me ask you another question. So all of these seem to be currency based but you can, there are other types of blockchains. Absolutely. So basically, uh, the the Bitcoin specifically is a cryptocurrency blockchain. So it's basically the, the whole purpose of the Bitcoin is that you have a cryptocurrency and you participate in that. Uh, there are other blockchains. Actually, the Ethereum is a general purpose blockchain. So you can use it as a cryptocurrency, but um, you can also use it um, in other scenarios. For example, um, I give you a quick example for, for using uh, Ethereum. Let's say that 
that you wanted to go and uh, buy a property today and you uh, are talking to a seller but you and the seller probably don't trust each other to a level that you can directly get indulged in a transaction so you wanted to go through a third party or intermediary in the middle that will facilitate that transaction and that intermediary actually going to cost you uh, specifically because there's no trust and you both parties will trust that middle uh, party so what you can do, think about that, that rather than having that middle party involved, you both basically trust a network like Ethereum and you have your transaction goes through the Ethereum network because once it goes through the Ethereum network, they will be immutable. If there's a conflict later on, you can go back and say, well, listen, we had this already agreement, already agreed transaction there and you could go back and you can get assurance through that. So you can basically reduce a lot of these um, in a lot of these scenarios the middle parties. Um, so the blockchain solutions that we're looking into now, post like not only just the cryptocurrencies, are basically facilitating these solutions which go much beyond the cryptocurrency. For example, in the banking, the banking sector because of the competition between the banks, they usually need to use a lot of these intermediaries. And the blockchain can uh, can either uh, remove them totally or at least take away uh, some of that pain. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, so that's essentially if you go back here. So this is the amount of ethers I have in my uh, in my test private um, blockchain network. Um, and um, you can actually when you create the private node, you can select also like how many ethers you wanted to put in. The reason um, I put it this ether because later on when we create another account and do the transaction, we need uh, some ether to uh, to be transferred between the accounts. So another thing that we can do now is we can look into or we can actually go ahead and create another account and we pass the um, ether from this account to the other account and this will be a proper transaction on our um, test blockchain. So what I will do is that I will use um, personal. So personal is think about like my personal node right now that I'm working with is represented by this object. So I will do personal dot uh, new account. So I want to create another account here and uh, I will give it a very secure password. Um, and it will go ahead and create an account for me. Now, if I go ahead and do dot get balance right now, and copy this, so right now this account doesn't have any balance, and it makes sense, we just created it. Right. So what it will take for this account to get some ethers in it, right? So the easiest way to do it is probably um, using a function here called send transaction. So this one. But before we do that, uh, for security reasons, what happened is that, that uh, these accounts are locked. So you usually want it to minimize the time uh, when you unlock them, perform the transaction, and then you want it to lock them again. So, because you don't want these accounts to be um, unlocked for extended duration, because then there is a there's a possibility that they're going to attack can happen. So, what we'll do now is we go ahead and then unlock this account. 
so I think what will I will do is that just for us to not go through a pain of copy and paste, we'll just put this account into the receiver here and put it right here. And then we have the sender, which would be this account. So let's do that. All right, so we have our accounts. Now we'll go ahead and send some ethers. So the way you do that is, um, and let me bring my work, is using this method called send transaction. So we'll go ahead and we'll say from the sender, to receiver. So you're creating variables and you're, you're, so receiver equals the account that you pasted in and sender now equals the account that you pasted in. Exactly. And now you're just working with the variables. We are working with the variables because it's just slightly easier. Okay. No, that makes sense. But you could just paste the account names in there instead, right? Uh, you mean these, um, the strings. Yes, the we can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now, another thing is that that how we are doing these interactions um, to the blockchain is through an object called Web3, and uh, behind the scene is actually do the JSON RPC calls. Um, and um, I will briefly uh, talk about it later in the um, in the demo when we do this with the uh, with the .NET. But essentially, it's a JSON RPC call going back. To, uh, to the node and then communicating to the node or JSON RPC protocol. And um, another thing here, probably need explanation, is this two Y. So what is this? So basically, again, we are using right now uh, Ethereum as a currency, so we are sending it um, to uh, from a sender to the receiver, and we wanted to send one Ether, uh, but the uh, l lowest denomination is known as Y. So let me go and actually show you um, the unit conversion for Ethereum. So one Ether, if I go and do this, one Ether is equal to um, this amount of Y. So these are the sort of like the uh, denominations for Ether. Like when you have a dollar, you have a quarter, you have a uh, you, have, you have probably pennies too. So you can basically have that right here. So different blockchains will define it differently. In Ethereum, it's like this. So right now we are telling the system that, well, we wanted to send uh, one Ether from the sender to the receiver. Um, now, if I go and run this, if the accounts are unlocked, it will go through, otherwise it complains about that. So basically we need to unlock the account so the way we unlock the accounts is we say personal dot unlock account and we first do it for the sender and again we need to provide the passphrase so you have to remember this and we also going to do is we'll do personal dot unlock and we unlock the receiver here So 
So if you go ahead and run the transaction again, so send transaction from sender So again, one eater. All right, so what we got is this um, transaction ID here. Now, right now, what's happening is that um, the transaction is not mined yet, it's not committed. So it's basically need to be validated and then it becomes part of the, uh, of the blockchain. So, how we do that so the easiest way to do it is basically do miner.start like you basically start mining on this uh, particular node and uh, this usually depending on the amount of transactions and um, what algorithms you're using to literally mine um, the transaction it can take a different amount of time all right so um, we are basically can go back and look at the accounts so we do ethereum dot get balance and if you look at the receiver accounts so you can see that we have it uh, we have ethers received from the sender account to this particular account and we basically, because we are running a single node um, network, is super fast. And th th that's the whole idea that if you're a developer, you may not want it to go through the entire like a mining experience. You want it to quickly create your applications that use blockchain so you get a very fast turnaround time. Now, um, we did that, you know, by getting into the, the VM and that's good uh, if you're starting up. Uh, this is good experience uh, to learn it, but uh, typically you wanted to connect to uh, the VM uh, in 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 your particular uh, choice of um, framework, right? Java, .NET, Node.js, and um, depending on the particular blockchain technology, um, you will find that that most of them expose um, either the APIs or protocols that will allow you to do that. Um, so um, the one that I wanted to show um, is uh, like how you can actually access or perform the same activity that we did here um, using a um, .NET, um, uh, like C-sharp, regular console application, like a Hello World environment. What I have here is a VM running um, Windows Server 2012 and Visual Studio. So we just... And... Um, while it's booting up, uh, let me talk a little bit about the framework I'm using. So uh, there is a uh, GitHub repo called um, Ethereum, uh, Ethereum, and it actually allows you to connect to uh, a node uh, running on Ethereum uh, network um, using uh, the Web3 um, JSON RPC call. And this actually is a great way to get started uh, to build applications, mainly because um, it will it will allow you to write .NET code. 
that's what it is. It's, a, it's basically a wrapper around the uh, web uh, three object. So if you remember here, when we were doing these transactions, we're using this web three object. So this is a wrapper around that. So you will be actually working with a node, performing the transactions or operations using this particular uh, framework. So what I did is that, that um, on Windows, you can um, you can actually um, so this one to to be uh, for the full disclosure here. So this one actually can run uh, also run the .NET Core. So it doesn't have to be Windows only. Uh, the demo I'm doing is on the Windows box. Um, so let me go and open up one of the demos here. And um, so one thing about blockchain technology is, especially with Ethereum, that is um, that is good is you can actually set it up on, uh, like we did using the Deptas lab um, on a single VM. Um, if you wanted to, uh, let's say, do it on Windows here right now, and you don't want to create a VM, you just wanted to set up like a laptop, um, what you can do, you can actually go ahead and download the bits for, um, for the for the Ethereum for Windows, and uh, you can actually set up a local environment. Now, um, if you wanted to work with Ethereum, they actually have a um, already um, predefined network, the same way we did it with our um, Deptis Lab uh, VM. They also have a predefined um, Ethereum node for you that you can just start, um, and it's called the test chain right here. Now, um, how they do it is a little bit uh, involved, but uh, it actually gives you a sort of like a, a single uh, box setup on Windows to get connected and work with it. So what I will do is that I will go ahead and get into the command here real quick. All right, so now we'll just go ahead and run this um, start. Start. Get dot bash here. So, Basically, it will launch a, again, a private um, Ethereum node on this particular machine. It's a test node, again. It's not connected to the public Ethereum. And again, the same prompt here uh, that we can, we can work with. Um, now, the reason I'm showing this is that, that if someone wanted to start right away and wanted to write code, let's say, on, on .NET, um, this can be another way to set up your... Um, your laptop. Um, the uh, blockchain as a service today, uh, if I recall correctly, we do not have um, a artifact that basically initiate a node on uh, on Windows. Uh, so uh, if you want to do it um, on Windows, you can either do it like this, or you can do it uh, by going to the um, to your particular uh, node and then you can essentially open the port to have a remote connection coming in and then you can perform the transaction. So right now when we do the SSH, um, we are doing it, um, well, we're doing it over the SSH, but if you wanted to um, do it um, through, let's say, uh, through Windows, then you can actually do it using a client call like Party or some other client, and then you can also set it up like that. Yeah, so, so these are just SSH clients. Yeah, these are just SSH clients. 
uh, into uh, allow you to basically go and interact with um, with your um, blockchain node. All right, so um, we have the Visual Studio open here. Um, I will quickly walk through um, in the interest of time, you know, we don't go and like debug it line by line. But what I wanted to point out here is that that you will once you get a hold of like the nomenclature of like the terminologies and how it works, um, you can actually go ahead for in this case, if you're using Ethereum, you can use this library and it will just allow you to interact with uh, the node using um, using uh, C sharp in this case. So what we're doing is that we have the accounts. Um, and we're actually simulating the same exact transaction that we did uh, with the um, with uh, Web3 here uh, inside the node. So if you remember that, we basically have two accounts and we send few ethers uh, from the sender to the receiver and that's what we did. A very, very basic yeah. task. Um, now we're doing the same here exactly um, um, using the C-sharp. So basically we have the sender, we have the receiver, um, and again, these accounts and depending like where the node is, uh, the node can be local to this machine um, on Windows or you can actually connect to the dev test lab node that we are using. So it, it totally depends on you uh, how you By want By the way, we, we should mention that those accounts are only valid uh, currently in your private blockchain. That's correct, yeah. yeah so have, nobody can go take these accounts you know, watch the show, take the accounts, and then perform transactions. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the first thing is that I will delete them right after the demo, but uh, <laughs> the, the other thing is that, that um, yeah, so, uh, well, the, the thing is that, that um, if they know the port and they know the IP, uh, they can connect to it, but it's a test account at the end of the day. So even yeah. if they perform it, probably the impact will be low. But this is important. You do not want, um, you know, the uh, especially the, uh, the private key of your account to be, um, available to anyone. So um, the way you do it here is that that you um, uh, instantiate a Web3 object and you can actually, when you don't pass any parameter, we try to connect to the local host um, 8545 port. Um, if you want it to connect remotely, you can basically create a, uh, create a client. So you can see that right now it's local host 8545, which we are um, running here locally. But if you wanted to connect to, for example, DevTest Lab node, you can do that. And for that, you basically need to just create a new object of a client and pass in uh, the uh, the IP or the DNS with the correct port. That's what you need to do. It will just work fine. Okay. So um, with that, and then the passwords and everything, quick word about the password. So right now for the demo, I'm putting them right here in the app.config. Um, I would suggest if you do that, uh, for all practical purposes, it should either be in a key vault. Um, in Azure, we have a key vault which is secured by the HSMs. You should put them there uh, because, your, um, because your secret is going to be saved there. If you wanted to put them in app.config, then basically use the um, encryption module to encrypt them. You don't want them to be in the plain text. Right. Ever. Not a good idea. Um, so you do this and then basically go ahead and unlock the accounts. And then we go ahead and basically perform the transaction. And the way we perform the transaction is that we create the transaction object and we go ahead and perform the transactions here. Now, uh, once your transaction is um, is basically um, went into the network, uh, it has to be mined. And what we're doing over here is that, that we start the mining here. Because we're on a single node, if it's not started, our transaction will never get mined, means never gonna get committed. Um, and then from there, we basically get a receipt. Um, if the receipt is null, that means that it's not mined yet. 
and then we go ahead and this case I'm doing sort of like just a thread or sleep. Um, you can have different models here. You can not wait. You can just send back a transaction hash and tell the callee that, well, you know what? You have this hash, come back to me later on and I will give you the actual receipt uh, or the confirmation or you can just wait. So it's, it's sort of like up to you. Do you want it to send back uh, the response immediately with the transaction hash or you want it to wait until everything is done? So um, the, the two different patterns are there. So we wait basically here and then we get the receipt and we have the final balance into the receiver. So that's another way of doing that in, in, um, in .NET. So with that, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the upcoming offerings um, and some other use cases of the blockchain and how we are looking into it from um, in Microsoft. Awesome. So um, another thing that we do, so so far we're talking about like a dev test and this is a lot of customers are going through uh, POCs and just trying to evaluate where the blockchain uh, makes sense. Uh, because uh, right now there is a hype out there and then they have to do a little bit level set. So DevTest is a lab is a great way to get it started and as we provide um, your way to basically go and uh, create VMs with different type of blockchain. So it just take out the infrastructure pan. There is um, another uh, type of blockchain network which is called consortium network. So the consortium networks are basically where they are um, somewhere in the middle of public blockchain and the total private blockchain. And the idea here is that, that there are organizations which uh, don't necessarily completely um, trust each other. Um, so they cannot be completely private, but they also don't want to put things on a public node, like for example, banks. They are maybe a little reluctant to put um, everything out there or use the public blockchain as is. So what they do is they look for what we call a consortium network, where their organizations come together and they formulate a consortium and they have a blockchain that represents that. So this is um, another um, offering that we have. It's called the Ethereum Consortium uh, Network. Um, and uh, you can actually go ahead uh, in, in Azure. Let me go back here. And um, you can create this consortium network by, and this is again, we're in the portal. You can say blockchain and So we have the Ethereum Consortium Blockchain option here, and uh, this will provide you a sort of like a sample topology here. So if you go ahead and create this, and it will let you, let's just say e-attach, and then just the password. Okay, here we go. So this is basically going to ask you a little bit more information than what we did for a single node because now we are representing a consortium, let's say bank A, bank B coming together and performing a consortium. Um, and there is a um, other details that you need to look into when you create this set of uh, consortium network. But in this case, we are providing customers with an easy way to basically go ahead and have this consortium created for them. And again, they don't have to worry about all the underlying details. Uh, they don't have to worry about like how many, like uh, for example, creating VMs from scratch themselves, installing, um, this is all again based on the Ethereum, so installing and connecting those together. So we just take away that pain. Um, and super easy to create. So basically, this is how you wanted to start a looking into the Ethereum consortium network. So um, in this case, we start with two members, one um, 
mining node each, um, and then we basically have one transaction node. So transaction nodes are the one that basically can uh, take the transaction in uh, from the clients, and then they are the one who propagate it internally to the mining. The way we set it up um, in um, in uh, in our network is that that uh, the mining nodes are not publicly accessible. So you cannot directly like SSH, for example, into them. You have to connect to the transaction node. Um, and if you're into the VM that represents the transaction node, then you can actually go and connect to the uh, to the mining nodes. So this is again one of the offerings that I want to quickly talk about. Um, so the few more things um, wanted to quickly go through. Uh, so most of the demo was around the Ethereum, but that's definitely not the only blockchain technology out there. Uh, there are actually many technologies out there, blockchain uh, technologies out there, depending on your need and where you, what you're actually working with, you may want to evaluate uh, them. So for the financial sector, there are a few out there um, that, uh, for example, the Corda. Corda is a consortium-based blockchain so uh, network. So it's a, for the financial services. Um, it targets that particular market. It's not general purpose. So um, you basically, it doesn't, for example, uh, create it to represent cryptocurrency. So there's no, for example, in Bitcoin, we have Bitcoin, in Ethereum, we have Ethereum's, Ethers, there we don't have anything like that. So it's particularly have a certain use cases for the financial services. There is another one called Chain. Uh, that's also for the uh, financial services. Uh, this one uh, has um, some other use cases associated with it too, but um, predominantly looking into the financial services. Um, then we have, uh, for example, uh, Quorum, which actually take the Ethereum client and then extend it with certain attributes. So they basically refine a little bit for, for a specific use cases. Uh, we have a Hyperledger. So Hyperledger is basically uh, the Linux Foundation um, is driving that. Um, that is definitely a blockchain out there. Then we have Monax and so on and so forth. So I wanted to uh, sort of like put it out there that depending on the business scenario that you have, you probably want to look into the range of blockchains without selecting one upfront. Um, so we already talked about the blockchain offering. So one more thing that's uh, recently announced um, in September was uh, the project uh, Bleshly. Um, this is um, what's going to be um, like upcoming artifacts um, or the components that we are uh, working on. So um, the information is actually out there. So if I go in publicly uh, and paste it here. So there's a, there's a white paper that talks about um, the blockchain um, project Bleshly. And um, the, the whole idea behind it is that, that once you look into the blockchain um, ecosystem. Um, you definitely have a, a public um, blockchain, then you have a consortium, but uh, you need an ecosystem. For example, uh, how, how you manage your identities. Um, how do you actually interact with the blockchains? And there's an entire set of concept that we uh, didn't went into this, uh, into this talk. For example, running a code on top of your um, um, on top of your node. Basically, when you send a transaction, you can also do transaction again, what we call a smart contract. So there's some, some things associated with the blockchain that you wanted to interact with, then how do you do that? So um, we are making it easier for our customers to interact with the blockchains in a secure way and perform these actions. So this, this is basically an upcoming um, 
uh, thing that I wanted to talk about. So it's basically right now we have this blockchain Blessedly um, Project white paper available on the GitHub. Um, if you're interested, you can actually look into that too. Um, and I also want to talk about like in the PSFD what you're working on on the blockchain front. So um, depending on the maturity level of the customer, there are like a range of customers who are um, who don't know what blockchain is. So we help them out on the education side. We make sure that they understand, understand what a blockchain is and what value it adds. So we have the chalk talks in the pipeline that are going to be released um, early 2017. And uh, we have a workshop coming in. So that's basically sort of like ramp you up. Now, if your maturity level is slightly more or you wanted to tackle, let's say, okay, we understand what blockchain uh, is or at least the potential it has, then can we prove it out? So there's a proof of concept phase that usually um, organizations go through. Uh, typically, like depends like from like few weeks to like a month or so. And you basically have a specific goal associated with that proof of concept. Uh, and then you can take that proof of concept and run it as a pilot um, in like a semi-production environment to see how uh, it will actually behave um, in, a, in a long run. So you basically have a particular goals for the pilot too. Uh, one thing that we understand that helps a lot with the customers is arranging a hackathon style events. So you basically go in and the hackathons are not just like technical hackathons, it's basically like a business use case driving hackathons. So you talk to the businesses and you try to find out like where this technology can have an impact or you can optimize their businesses. So we run these hackathons and we find out that, well, these are the use cases that are potentially going to be better fit with blockchains and you surface them up and you do it um, in the uh, in the proof of concept phase. So first, I want to uh, thank Roz for Rozzy for being on the show. That was awesome. I certainly uh, learned a lot about uh, blockchain. Um, didn't really know a lot going in, and feel like I I know a lot more about it now. So hopefully, if you're watching this, you feel kind of the same way. Um, so you know, thanks again. Certainly awesome. Thanks, Lexington, for having me. Yeah. I can't wait to have you back. I want to do uh, one of these uh, again and present even more information on it. Of course, anytime. Okay. Well, guys, that's about it for this episode. So that's your Taste of Premiere.